David. <laughs> Hi. How Good are you? Good to see your smiling face via phone, uh, video, Zoom, whatever we're doing I, right now. I don't know about you, but I have not been wearing pants for like the last like week Shocking. and a half. <laughs> I have. I might not even right be wearing now. them now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We'll never know. I as a as a Pisces, on- I. As a Pisces, I feel so at home in this quarantine situation. Yeah. I don't have to as deal with people. As an Aries, I'm slowly dying. So I'm being as productive <laughs> as possible. Um, I'm actually wearing jeans right now. I put on jeans to record a podcast in a video where you can't tell mm. if I do have them on or not. So, you know, no, there's it's all about, about the energy. There is something about getting ready and like starting your day. Mm-hmm that I think is helpful. But then there's also something really depressing about it. Cause then you're, you get dressed and you're like, that was, what was the point of that? <laughs> now you just have to do laundry. We have a fellow Pisces, fellow Piscean with us today. Right. I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think Garrett, Garrett from Reverie is, is also Pisces, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. It's basically an, an hour of shenanigans and people like to listen to it. So we're just going to keep doing it. So welcome. Thank you. You're also a part of our left, left brain group family. So it's really cool um, to actually be doing some collaborative stuff with you because usually when we see each other, it's in New Orleans and it's just wild. <laughs> yeah. We see you once a year. So Garrett, Garrett, how are you? How are you managing um, quarantine life right now? Um, I'm absolutely appreciative of this of this time. Um, I think that um, for me, I tend to thrive um, in stressful situations. I tend to fight through it, and so when when I go through an experience like this that disrupts my routine, I start tasting again, I started feeling again and seeing things that um, kind of just awaken different um, forms of imagination in my my lifestyle and my career as a dad, as a husband, all these things that I identify with. So uh, I love that. I, I hope this is what retirement feels like. <laughs> in a We're all getting a little taste of how much harder we should work so that we can have this life in the future. I've been, yeah. I've been telling everybody like, it's going to blink and we're going to be back at work and we're going to actually like miss quarantine. We're going to miss this downtime. Yeah. We're going to try to create it in other areas of our life. And I think it's going to create a lot of positive change. So I think it's a blessing, but you know, I think we wanted to keep as much new normal as possible. And we're like, who's going to be like our next guest? And we were like, you know, you and I chat all the time. So I'm like, we have yeah. to bring Garrett on, but I think, I think it'd be really cool for you to tell us a little bit more about you and you, how you built your brand and how your brand is going to um, kind of rise from the ashes of this whole event and how things are going to change for your business as an owner. Sure. Um, let me see like what would be the, the best way to just kind of start on that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that success uh, generally starts with nothing and you will take risk or, or put yourself in different experiences to, to try a business idea or to try a strategy that uh, might work for your brand or your culture and so on. And sometimes those, um, those goals can be achieved in a week, sometimes months or a year, and we have to keep resetting and recreating new goals to keep momentum and to stay on track for, for whatever the vision is. But I think a lot of the time, what I, what I enjoy most is losing um, because I find that that's also when I learn so much. I have a, I'm, I'm ambitious, I'm competitive, and I find that I can learn so much when something doesn't go as I hoped, and I can kind of push through that. So as a, as a business owner, I, I, I've owned a salon for almost 13 years, um, which is doing great. And then I've had Reverie for almost 10 years, my hair care line. And it's the mistakes that have kept me wanting to get up earlier the next day or the struggle that's helped me reimagine how a product can live in someone's lifestyle. So Do you, what um, were some of your, what were some of the mistakes that you can share with us? I think people relate to 
they relate to that. So if you have any examples, I think that brings hope to people, especially through a time like this where totally any, any mistake that we made might be a little more inflated right now. <laughs> to use the darkness right now to elevate yourself. I think that's, that's, we that's, that's a We could spend the next hour lesson. on it. <laughs> um, yeah, like, should we back start in first? 2009. This I think just, I think yeah. just like as a salon or product. Or, I think um, both. I think, I think a mistake's a mistake, right? Mistake is mistake. Well, I opened my salon at 24. And I would say that that was a big mistake because even though, <laughs> even though I, I had the, the drive or the stamina or the resilient personality to, to, to do so, I sacrificed my 20s and all the creativity that can come from simply being a hairdresser rather than being a salon owner. And so a lot of the times during the build out of the salon, during mentoring and uh, cultivating culture, you're censoring your creativity because you're feeding it into someone else. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that that's the first one that comes to mind. So it's not, it's not a, like a level of regret because I don't look to the past. I tend to always look towards the future and, and, and more towards hope. But I definitely <laughs> did not. I did not need to own a salon at 24. <laughs> <laughs> I love how did that, how did that happen? How did you open yeah. a salon at 24? How did oh that? Oh my gosh. Wow. So say lots of 24 year olds are going to be like, be like, I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to open a salon. Yeah. yeah. yeah that was me. At and, then they'll, <laughs> and then they'll call us and we'll help. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, well, it's interesting that you asked that because it, it really um, has so much to do with what we're experiencing right now. When I was, um, doing hair at a salon in 2007, the writer's strike hit and the entire motion picture industry went on strike uh, for a very long period of time. And it, then it, it also ran into the housing recession, 2007, eight, nine. And so I opened my salon in 2008 because I felt that the company that I was working for, as much as I enjoyed the owner and my coworkers, I didn't believe that they were um, fully committed to creating an experience that had value that a client could um, have no question about it. This is essential. Even though I'm, I'm struggling here, I have to budget for my salon visit. And so that's how our salon was born, really, was just to, um, to thrive in a time that was so uncertain. Just Creating, more, creating yeah, essentials. There's a yes. benefit to there's a financial benefit to opening businesses during recessions and, mm-hmm. and even right now decline. we're like open a salon the loans are so <laughs> the interest rates are low like this is the time if you're going to take a risk yeah. to do it so I do think you regret that part right. or do you, or do you just feel like it was hard because of the, your age that you were not yeah, regret I, I don't use I don't mean the word regret but I think I know what you mean though for sure and like. Um, no, I, I love it because I, like I said, it, I think that, um, all the human experiences that I gained from going through those experiences helped me, you know, develop to the character where I'm at now. And that it's also, um, goes into my art and and different avenues that I pour myself into, but the, it was exciting in, because Clients had something, this new space. We had this really um, talented team that we still have so many of the same original hairdressers we had almost 13 years ago. And it was a fun distraction for people. Everybody, you know, might be losing jobs, but this was a really beautiful salon that had good vibes. It had hairdressers that uh, were there for them to listen to them during these really, you know, uncertain times, similar, similar now. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. The chair, the chair talk is going to be a lot when we go back in a month, you know, but it really didn't hit me until my stepdad and my brother lost their jobs. And then it just kind of felt like, holy shit, like things are really not good right now. Right. (laughs) It happened to you. It happened to me. Oh, (laughs) exactly. And sometimes it takes that um, to to create a different level of empathy, right? It's one thing to see it on TV or to hear a podcast about it, but if you can experience it for yourself, it 
hopefully can manifest into something positive. And so um, we had hoped with this new community that we created through all of the clients that were a part of it, maybe we can create like a job networking platform uh, on our website or some gatherings once a month at the salon where people can meet people and it might lead to some jobs. And we were having drinks and discussing this and one thing led to the next and that's how we created a reverie. Um, again, never really had strong ambition to create a hair care line, just, just the same as a salon, but I thought how beautiful it would be to create a hair care line that we could sell in our salon that is all made in California, but all of our ingredients are irresponsibly and ethically and mindfully sourced from around the world. So we thought we could have a global impact as well as a domestic and, and contribute something really beautiful to the, the craft and culture of hairdressing. And that's where we that think there's in. a big shift right now um, with our whole industry switching to independent lines and mm-hmm. lines that support them as an artist and they can actually profit off of it as well. And, you know, we encourage a lot of our salon owners to like make your own products, you know, why aren't yeah. you branding yourself? So, you know, what were, what were some of the experiences you had creating your own line and where's the line taking off now? Um, I think that, Reverie is an extension of myself. It's 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 me. It's my lifestyle. It's my aesthetic. So it's always been very personal and very vulnerable and very transparent. So each choice that I've tried to make with Reverie, um, you know, in terms of the scent, the way that it's sold, um, the aesthetic of it, the performance of it was always like an extension of myself. It wasn't to like. Um, create a new world it was more like i wanted just to share my world yeah but in the beginning the first product that we made was milk which is still our hero product today and uh it took about three years from imagination till it hit the shelf that waiting game probably was (laughs) i don't think you're right yeah (laughs) three years i'd be like so anxious for three years no you're absolutely right and as a, as you, a hairdresser, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask how old, so you were 24 when you opened the salon and then how old were you when you started your product line? Like 26 then. Oh, wow. It was like, so a, it was like, it was like a year and a half back. later. Yeah. Wow. Okay. A lot of resilience um, when in the 24, 25, 26 years. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but yeah. uh, what, like, like Sid asked before, where you know, you started kind of trying to share your world with everyone and and it sounds like you started things kind of in a recession period and now we're kind of in a strange recession right now or, or we're all experiencing it together. So it, it does feel like that. Yeah. What, what do you, does it get your creative juices flowing again? Does it, you know, what advice would you offer someone who is, You've been through it and you created two things out of it. What advice would you give people <laughs> that are now going yeah. through it and maybe are like, I want to run away and hide and, and not do anything? Um, well, it, 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 it kind of takes me back to that space of like success does start with nothing. Um, a mentor of mine said something uh, that I'm repeating that really resonates with me that um, he, he, a lot of his inspiration and I would say mine too comes from traveling and experiencing how other people live and how other cultures um, have existed and what's essential to them. And food is such a, a powerful part of that story in everybody's lives around the world. And what, what he would say he finds so fascinating is how uh, people who are poor, people who are in poverty can be so creative to make food so incredible. So rather than, going to the most polished, expensive restaurant experience in the world, but having some of these really unique culinary experiences with street food or just a local local shop because it takes so much imagination and so much creativity to make something when you have nothing. Mm-hmm. It reminds and me I, of 2015 New York City. Yeah. I had three ingredients and no money. <laughs> <laughs> David and I birthed just for the hairdresser off of just taking a risk and moving to the city yeah. and 
you know, supporting <laughs> each other until we made our dream come alive. But just to connect think, to that poverty idea and making something out of it. Yes, yeah. very true. <laughs> I I I've been telling all of my students and you know everybody that's that's been listening to sort the hairdressers, you know, this is this is the time to kind of put back your like your new stylist brain back on, you know, like, like almost imagine you've never done hair before. And like, you're coming into your career and like, remember what it's like to do the things to provide, you know, financial stability, remember what it was like to be creative and, you know, search for all that education. I think during this downtime, it's really important to tap into re-educating yourself and your craft and to figure out, you know, all my students are now, new product sellers and they're bringing in new income from themselves because that's what they can do from sitting at home. So I think it's, uh, it's really important to kind of wipe the slate clean and, and start over when we're moving forward in this, this situation. Has your, has your product been affected by the pandemic situation that we're in? Yes, very much. Um, so the, the salon, it certainly has been affected just the same as anybody's has. Um, but in terms of reverie, the minute it happened, I was talking with my wife Hillary and it was like, Oh my gosh, like we have to create an affiliate program. Like what, what we've seen other brands like hair stories do, because this can really help people. So we built that out in like 18 hours. Wow. Like we just <laughs> hour through it. Like right when this happened, uh, it actually wasn't really hard at all. It's just a plug-in on Shopify. <laughs> it makes you wonder why you didn't do it before, right? Like, <laughs> well, it wasn't our culture before, but our culture with, with Reverie is fluid because I believe our craft is fluid and it's always changing and evolving and progressing. And so to be too fundamental and stuck on what it feels right, is it's not Reverie, but it also wasn't our vision uh, either until until now, and so what we did was we created an affiliate program that anybody can sign up for, and it fifteen um, percent commission goes to the hairdresser. But we thought it was it was quite nice to give another fifteen percent to the client off because yeah. they're mm. struggling right now too. Um, in in a month, cool. we're we're going to shift it uh, thirty five for the hairdresser exclusively and not the client. But I was like, no, like the client needs a break too. <laughs> like nobody's mm-hmm. working. So, right. uh, and everybody wants to have those little luxuries in their lives. So like Reverie has, has a lot of momentum in terms of our growth from last year. And I was really uh, looking forward to accomplishing some of those goals this year, which I'm still optimistic about, <laughs> but. Well, now you have more time. <laughs> exactly. I think there's what? something to be said too, like using platforms like, you know, social media, like Instagram, TikTok, even Facebook, like whatever you can to, um, you know, why we're at home to do, to, to give back the education to our clients, to teach them how to use the product, to teach them how to new, do new styles. And not only is it benefiting the client, you know, but it also benefits us as hairstylists. So I think it's, you know, I've been telling everybody like, don't sleep on product, product sales, because this could be something that is passive income while we're all down. So you're absolutely does- right. How does, your, how does Sorry. your affiliation, how does your affiliate program work? So you go to gmreverie.com and you would scroll down to the footer and there's a link that says affiliate. You'd click that and then you would fill in the requested information and then you're approved within 24 hours. Um, at that point, you get to create, uh, you get a, a link assigned to you, but you can create the name that's attached to that hyperlink. So then you can add that to your Instagram stories. Um, obviously, you know, your, your um, email marketing campaigns, which I've been doing a lot with my clients, uh, texting it to your clients. And then that, what's the, and then for payout, how does that happen? It, it's on PayPal or Venmo. Okay. okay. And, and I think net, net 15 is what I think it is. That's oh, awesome. Cool. So when the that's commissions great. come in, they're pretty instant. So yeah. We love That's a good PayPal great. moment. I, the only reason I asked the money part is because I think people are wondering about that right now the most. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and our, our source of revenue at Reverie since we've been on uh, lockdown has been from the affiliate program, literally. Right. Because obviously salons aren't ordering products and the retail stores, I think, have kind of stocked up enough prior and being very careful with their money too. Right. So when when you said at the beginning that during this time, you've kind of 
been getting back to the basics and touching on different creative parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. What, what are some things that are coming up for you now? Do you, is this a time where you think of new ideas? Is this a time where you rethink business? Like what, what are you utilizing this time for? Or have you shut business off and it's family time? You know, it's definitely like, I, as you asked that question, I was kind of looking at it like in my head as like a pie chart almost. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like all of the same columns are still there. They've just been relabeled, you know? Right. So it's right. like the, the eight or 10 hours a day that was work has now become family. The several hours a day that was family has now become work. So it's like right. really cool to see that shift. Um, I have like always wanted more time with my son than I have. So like, that's been really cool to build worlds with him and just yeah. he- like help How fuel his now? imagination. Two and a half. Oh, that's oh my fun. goodness. Yeah. That's so <laughs> lovely. It's such a good age. All like, so we, you know, we'll go on hikes, we'll collect rocks, we'll paint rocks. We'll try to find where the lizard King lives. A lot of, a lot of rock work. <laughs> a lot of rock yes. work. Yes. <laughs> totally. I love it's that. Rad, though. We're going to go swimming today after this. We're going to go over to my I'm mom's I'm putting on my bathing suit after this and sitting in the sun. Like, I'm all oh, about yeah. this. <laughs> you and I are coming David's back like, I'm not leaving. I know. <laughs> David's like, like, I will be paler than ever when I am I'm, I'm like, I'm afraid of going outside and breathing in the air. So that's, <laughs> where, that's where I'm at. Um, what do you think, going back, when the salon does open uh, and when things, I hate saying go back to normal. So I, I'm trying to say, when we go back to work, yeah. What do you think the new normal of the salon will be? Because I, I've been talking to a lot of, oh my talking to, to a lot of my like <laughs> stat or my my students, and it's like we now have to make sure the chairs are six feet apart. We have to stagger mm-hmm. schedules. We have to, you know, are we requiring that clients wash their hands the minute they walk in? Like, there's so many things now that even after this is over, you know, it's not really over. Uh, sure, yeah, it's still going to be affecting us and. I just, we've been, you know, I, Destroy the Hairdresser have been like, we've been hyper vigilant about what we think is going to happen, but we're interested to hear what other people think is going to happen because I don't think that we can go back to normal. I think. Absolutely not. I think that a lot of things have to change, whether it's for the better or for, for the better. <laughs> <laughs> what are it's you gonna think? Be, it's going to be hard to edit what, what we think is right and not right though too, right? Like editing it is the challenge. Yeah. Um, I remember working at a salon, they sold Bumble and Bumble and there was like that sticker on the window that said like, we speak Bumble. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm probably going to be putting a Purell sticker on my window, you know? So <laughs> Exactly. Well, that, <laughs> like, you know, that's one of the things is just, now, you know. <laughs> now advertising is going to be about not maybe the best balayage, but maybe the, the cleanliness. Yeah. You know? yeah. You know, it's, it's funny when I think about the changes too, like in addition to things that we should have been doing this whole time, right? Like we should be wiping down <laughs> the stations. We should be washing capes and towels. We should be using yeah. barbicide, like things that we learned and just kind of didn't find important, but also how things are going to change financially for people. I think people are going to start having more preparation via savings accounts. And we've been talking at DTH forever about how your worth is not measured in your revenue for the year. It's worth within your savings. And so just because you are a six figure hairdresser, if you only have 500 in your savings, you're a $500 hairdresser. You're a $500 hairdresser. (laughs) (laughs) I love, love that you said that. I, (laughs) I, um, love saving. I'm really good at it. Um, I have, so many obscure different accounts that I, I, I put into and I'm constantly working with my payroll company, my financial advisor, and my accountant to kind of dial into as, as much breaks as I can get. Um, I kind of just came out that way though. You know, I've always been that yeah. way, like as a kid. Um, but I like just even recently, like I'm sure you know about the healthcare savings plans where you can distribute funds into a healthcare program and that can go to Anything from dentist to dermatologist. Yeah, to, I've been encouraging know. all salon owners to do that because even if like a, a hairstylist was able to save twenty five dollars a week for a year, I think it's like thirteen hundred dollars. And excuse me if my math's wrong, but it's pretty close. Yeah. And that thirteen hundred dollars could have saved a lot of people this month of being off work for a month. So I think those healthcare plans or their healthcare savings is, if you're a salon owner out there listening, really consider that not only for yourself but your staff. I think that's a huge change that we could mm-hmm. do push forward. 
healthcare. It's a tough conversation. <laughs> we, not enough time to dive into that for this year or this podcast. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I think I love that you brought that up, Garrett, because I think um, I think savings is going to be a big push, except especially in our company to push our our mm-hmm. students into that. So, um, what I what are some ch- what are some changes that um, <clears throat> you plan to make in your salon so that maybe people that are listening can gain some ideas from what we're talking about today. Maybe when they open their doors, you know, some things mm-hmm. maybe that you thought about that they haven't thought about, or maybe I think, the question was less, I think, what do we think is the new normal, but maybe what is everyone's plan? You know, what's, what's your plan? What is, what have you, what do you have in mind? A lot of my creative process, the success of the things that I've created have, has simply come from actively listening to what my clients want whether it's through how they want to feel in their consultation, how they want to feel from their visit. So a lot of it is just kind of like always having an ear out, always having an eye out on the temperature of the culture. Mm -hmm. So it's not about listening to the loudest person in the room for me. It's more about listening to that person who genuinely has an idea that could be an improvement. Um, You know, um, I'm a huge Larry David fan. I think he's like, and his, his whole, you know, he's such an improver and I love that. He's the loudest person in the room. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) probably. (laughs) But that's like so helpful because the, the bad, the bad reviews that you get from owning a business are the ones that you can learn from. And so Mm -hmm. my strategy, when the doors open, other than the little things that we had kind of started to do before we closed, which was like bleach wiping down all the stations and making sure everything felt safe. And we were asking clients to wash their hands on entry or sanitize as well. Uh, other than kind of maintaining some of those good new normal business practices, I think it's more the things that I'll be learning from what they want rather than what I, what I hear other hairdressers are doing. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think that, the culture of everybody's salon is unique to them and their clients. And so like, for example, we did paper cups the past several weeks um, before we got shut down simply because we thought it would be more peace of mind for people. Not that we didn't think soap and water would kill and because we know it would. And I find that ceramic mugs are kind of takes the salon from a three to a four, you know, to a three to a three and a half star. <laughs> and, but it also is more sustainable and that's who we are. So it's like, yeah. I'm not going to continue to provide paper cups. Yeah. And so right. that would be a, like, if a client was like, oh, I need a ceramic cup. I'm like, then you're not getting our coffee today. Would you like I to guess. bring your own cup? <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know what, Susan? You can get your own coffee. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I do think that, you know, people that... I think everyone has this assumption that the clients are going to come rushing back, like, mm. overnight. And I... I I have a feeling that a handful of clients will come rushing back, but those handful of clients don't maybe have a immunity issue or they're maybe younger. And I think that some of the changes we have to think about are that there are people that are going to be scared after this to reenter the world where you're touching each other. Right. Yeah. And the salon is very much that. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how many people actually do rush back to the salon and how many yeah. people continue to wait a little bit, you know, to see where the chips fall with everything. And I think that will, I think that will have an effect on, on salons, salons as well. So I've been trying to help tell people to advertise simple things like paper cups and washing your hands and, yeah. and what, whatever you decide to do, because I think people. For comfort, safety. Exa- it's, I mean, unfortunately it's security theater. You know, like maybe where yeah. before we were still clean, now people want to see that, you know, they want to see you wiping down the, the chair as opposed to hearing that you wiped down the chair, right? Or assuming that you wiped down the chair. So I'm, I'm interested to see what, how that all plays out kind of in the I future. Think what, I think I agree with you, but, but also what makes hairdressers and salons so unique is how adaptive and resilient we are. We're very yeah. fast problem solvers. We're really fast learners. We can mm-hmm. get things done in an hour. So we know it's how like, to hustle and make changes yeah. instantly. Yeah. I mean, I was joking, 
yesterday about, do you all remember when you're working at the salon, you got to hold your pee for three hours. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> now I'm just going to the or bathroom whenever I want. <laughs> it's amazing. You're just like oh. moseying over to the restroom. Yeah. Everybody's going to gain the COVID-19, you know, like we're going to gain that 19 pounds <laughs> just from eating. <laughs> totally. Now but you like, can, now you can have lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Standing up still, unfortunately. I feel like, yeah. it, uh, like I'm an absolute, like, chef like in the kitchen and you know my girlfriend yeah. is my only audience so every meal she's like this is great you know and I'm like <laughs> my ego as a newfound cook is through the roof so feeling pretty good about yes, it yes yeah I think I think we've all <laughs> discovered new skills during this time so <laughs> I think One so thing, there, I think oh yeah, go, go ahead go. this is okay. zoom is so hard zoom is I so know. hard to communicate okay. i can't like read people's body language i, I'm just I miss being you. able to like i wish i could just like <laughs> hold garrett's hand through the whole podcast and like we no. don't touch each other but we can't no we don't, like, don't touch, touch each me. other we don't touch there's no more touch. touching is not a thing anymore we don't one do of that. the things you know in 2018 and even 19 there was this huge self-worth movement in our industry right like we were all started to get coaches and mentors and we all started to really put effort into ourselves. We are, we started charging our worth. We started working, you know, the schedules that we wanted to work that made us feel good. And we really demanded, you know, um, uh, and valued ourselves. And, you know, one thing I want to make sure that everybody listening and, um, all of us do is that we don't compromise that when we go back based off of fear. And I think mm. there's a lot of people saying like, I'm going to go back to work seven days a week. I'm going to give discounts. And it's like, that's a very reactive response. And you know, I think it's, it's really important that we all remember that we still have to hold true of what we want. This is our opportunity to actually create our businesses the way that we want them to be and, and make them newer and better and more valued. So, um, do you feel like your team is, is going in that direction as well or your space? I think everybody handles stress really uniquely. So they're all, my team is kind of all over the place with how they're feeling going back. And um, I, I lost my thought. I had something I was going to say to it. Sorry, so everyone, we'll no, see if it okay. comes back. But they, you know, hmm. I'm sorry. I totally kind of went blank on it. I I were, hope that when we go, I hope that when we all go back, that I think now is the time to choose the perfect schedule that you ever wanted, right? Like now, if you were working seven days a week before and now's the time to be like, you know what? I'm going to work four days a week because every, everything is changing and everything's on pause. And I think like now, if you were going to ever make a change in your business, now's a golden opportunity. I, I agree. And I, I remember what I was going to add to it. Um, I think for hairdressers that are extremely busy, hairdressers that are booked in advance, you know, it doesn't matter what your age is or how long you've been in the industry, but for those specific people, I I can see how they're extremely affected because they're obviously concerned about the backup. I think people who have clients that have booked out in advance, like one of my hairdressers said, no big deal. They just canceled the one appointment, but they already have the next one. So everything's yeah. kind of set up. Now for a younger hairdresser or someone who doesn't have such a big business, I I think that this time hopefully is being used to set up some strategy and infrastructure for the future of the success. So for me, I think that in, in the salon, there's always slow season and busy season. This is the slowest season historically. And it's because of, it's because of right after, right after the rush of all the holidays through Valentine's Day, it dies down until after everyone files their taxes every right. year. And, uh, you know, for a younger hairdresser, you would have been slow right now anyways. And my, my advice always to someone is if you're going to work three days a week, eight hours a day, do it even if you don't have clients. And so right. I, I hope that a lot of people right now are excited about this time away from the chair to focus on their business and brand and savings and, and mental health and all these things that will help them have a longer, uh, you know, more rewarding career. Yeah, I, I think I think that's we agree one hundred percent. Going, you either get to go back to work reactively or you get to go back to work proactively. Mm -hmm. And we're real. Our our biggest message, I think, overall, is for people to stay in that proactive 
range, really taking a, take, like you said, taking into account what you want out of this, not so much what you need to do because of this. So I it's think pop- that, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, bud. It's a delay and I wasn't I trying to. <laughs> We're doing um, great. I love it. Go ahead. You know, not, not for everybody, but you know, grieving is an incredibly profound human experience, but what I think everybody is really grieving right now is the loss of the dream they had, right? The dream that might've been at the end of this year, I was going to open a salon or at the end of this year, I was going to make a little bit more in revenue or at the end of this month, I was going to stop working Saturdays. And so that, that dream and there's like what I think is the hardest thing for everyone to digest, but yeah. We're as human beings so creative and imaginative all the time. Like it's not just keep dreaming, you know. I, just I have found that I am addicted to going at a certain speed, and yeah. though I enjoy a lot of downtime, I'm still addicted to like things moving forward. <clears throat> and I have found it very difficult uh, for things to not move forward as quickly as <laughs> they were. Um, so I, I, it's, yeah, I think it's like all those goals and I think it kind of relates to the goals and the plans that you had. It was like, we were all going forward. And then it's like, we're, uh, it's like being in the, in traffic and the guy pulls the stop sign and you you don't know how long you're going to sit there. And then you're just boiling, you're just boiling, boiling, (laughs) wondering, you get out of the car, you yell at the guy, what's happening, what's going on. (laughs) Nobody has an answer. Like, I feel like that's what we're in right now. And, and you I know, think- you know why I got to, I got to jump in. You know why? <laughs> why it's because most of those people who could help bring peace by communicating are men. I think about this all the time when I'm on an airplane. No, I'm telling you straight up yeah. when I'm on an airplane and the, we're stuck on the runway for 15 to an hour. And I'm like, how hard is it to just get on and communicate with us? Right. <laughs> What's going on? Let us know. And, and I really think that Obviously, men and women can both share fluid characteristics, but I believe that women are so talented at multitasking. They're such, so talented at listening and communicating. And it's like, I draw so much inspiration from that from my mom and the women that I work with. I'm not a great listener. Right. And I just think, gosh, if there were more female pilots, we'd all be having such a better time flying right now. Like, right. So what you're saying is girls should run the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I am saying that. I would feel so much better. Yeah. If women Who were around the world? Girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is very true. I that example of the of the pilot is really interesting because it's like we I have had pilots that if we get stuck, they're very communicative and you feel very and you're not going you're not going insane. You're like, okay, yeah. he said it was gonna be two hours. He randomly comes on or she randomly comes on and tells us, you know, how much I, there's a, there's a lot to that, and I think <clears throat> right now the confusion is that we're going back to work at, during Easter, and we're going back to work on the 30th, and we're going back to work on the 15th, and now we're going back to work in 2021. Yeah. And I think <laughs> I think the communication that we're getting, <clears throat> um, though there may be a lot of it, there's also a lot of just like misinformation going around. So it's just a really yeah. It's a really hectic time. So I think I think podcasts and communicating and everyone, you know, everyone and their mother is going live on Instagram. Literally mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. Um and it and it's good because I think it shows a, a connectivity. I, and I and I'm always curious, you know, all those people that oh, I don't like Instagram, I don't like social media, I don't do any of that. I'm I'm curious how those people are are feeling right now. And mm. maybe now's the time to jump into those things. <laughs> I think yeah. it's a really good time for us to practice the art of letting go what we can't control and to focus our attention on controlling what we can. And I so think, you mean I'm not in control of any of this? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think that's why, you know, so many people are being so proactive on doing the things we never did before. Like, having interviews online and and I hope those changes that we're making right now, like where we're this whole community of connection and engagement and support um, really continues further. And I've been telling my students, I'm like, yeah, it's great that you're doing these tutorials, but like you need to think bigger picture. You need to think long-term. Like this isn't just about the quarantine. Like how are you incorporating this new system and consistency into long-term? So um, I really, I really think that, 
we're going to see a shift in that, like where people are going to be like, I should have been doing this all along. And it's really an awakening, a rebirth, which is cool. Have you been using social media more? Yeah, I'm not. Um, I got into it so late and it, and it wasn't because you were I busy in your twenties. So you had you to very busy. kind of, it wasn't because I wasn't <laughs> excited about it. Like now, um, you know, I, I have like a digital mood board on saved, you know, saved photos and, and things like that. But um, I've always been like more like, I mean, even right here, I'm like hanging out with you. It's like everything I have looks like this, you know, <laughs> like I'm very, uh, I'm into the, the exchange of pen and paper. You mean it um, looks like this? Yes. Those are my notes. Maybe it's a I just Pisces had to buy thing. a new book. I had to buy this, a new notebook because I filled mine up. This is yeah. what my brain looks like. Like that is how I so good. That is how I think about things. That's my next class that I have planned. No one can so see good. it, but <laughs> I love it. Just chaos on paper. Oh so I think, you know, thank you, A, for being on the show, but also um, you have a very special treat for our listeners. And if you could talk to them about what that is and how to access it, I think it'd be really cool. Um, well, for all you uh, big cat and kittens out there who are... <laughs> <laughs> this, this is Carol oh, Morganson yes. with Big Cat yeah. Rescue. And uh, oh, I have get, something special. <laughs> I need to see if we're going to get sued for that, but go ahead. <laughs> oh my gosh. We all, we all know we're going to be for Halloween now, at least. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's um, crazy because I grew the, up the right tiger next to that like close to the big cat rescue. So I remember it not being oh far from God. where I lived in Tampa. So Whoa, all so that, wild. all that did was make me not want a tiger. That's all that did. <laughs> I think I was like, <laughs> I could buy multiple tigers with my savings. That made no, me realize. But, I was I like, mean, why do I not own a tiger? They're so cheap. Like, <laughs> I loved tigers. I love tigers. And then I was like, this doesn't seem responsible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, we have to get back to what Garrett yes, is giving okay. all of our listeners. <laughs> Everyone appreciated that, though. Everyone appreciated that. Yeah, for, I mean, for those, for those of you who are um, already fans of Reverie and, and using it in your salon or on set, I please uh, encourage you to sign up for the affiliate program. Uh, and then for the rest of you all that are just looking to maybe try our product for the first time or re-up on some stuff you have, we've created a promo code exclusive to destroy the hairdressers. So um, it's uh, DTH15 is the code on gmreverie.com. And what does that give them? 15% off. I love it. And that's also everything. Try a new line. Yeah, go for it. Jump in. Use the code DTH15. Very cool. Thank you, Garrett. I want to, I want to, I want to smock. I tried to get one at Bayou, but there were none in my size. Are you making more of them? I bought a shirt and I'm obsessed. Which one did you get? The, with the little moons. Oh yeah. Or the little so the little the little design. I love it. I want a smock too. I was like, oh, I should have got one. Well, we're doing a summer smock right now. Ooh. So that was supposed to come out May first. Um, but since everything's, you know, closed, I, I guess maybe a month later, but it's a more it's a more um lighter weight and kind of deconstructed version of the original one that we made that I that could be worn. Same kind of cut, you know, the same kind of vibe of it being an over kind of painter smock, but you could wear it as a dress shirt, you know, with nothing on underneath, which would be great for summer or yeah. like, you know, so it's a bit lighter. I think it'd be helpful. Very so cool. when is that coming out in May? When is it coming out? I don't know because I feel like it's in bad taste to like call them right now. Because I figure <laughs> they're just Where like, are my smocks? <laughs> I know. I want to. It's taken a lot in me to not, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, you guys, you know, they're working on it, but it's, it's really fun. Like the, the place that we work with is called everybody's world and they're um, in Hancock park in LA. And um, they, they're well known for what they use. The fa- the cottons that they use are like upcycled from runoffs, which is like how reformations oh, cool. built their brand. Um, and then what we did with the smock was we garment dyed them. Uh, ex- exclusively chosen from eight different hairdressers, so everybody could have community and ownership in it. So nice, oh, so fun. That's really and cool. We always end our podcast with our guests. Uh, 
with a horror story or a funny story or just something that happened in your career that, um, that just gives a little light to the world right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, 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 um, I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a second episode so where many. you share all of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah. How much time do I have? Just like Feel free to share yeah. more than one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could share a couple and you can just edit them out. Um, <laughs> the first the first haircut disaster that comes to mind was when I was in beauty school. Um, I, I really enjoyed beauty school. I was one of the worst in my class, which gave me that kind of <laughs> drive to want to catch up to the pack. So I was doing a lot of work outside of beauty school, like just cutting people, anybody's hair that I can cut. And... Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, it was really <laughs> challenging for me to even hold the comb and scissors at the same time. And <laughs> so I'd, I'd done a few haircuts and I was able to kind of just fake my way through it. And then this really beautiful girl was like, oh my gosh, cut my hair, da, 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 da. And I just learned this haircut at Sassoon's that they call the sweep, which is where the, the crown is sectioned. You layer that first and then you connect everything to the length. Well, I was taking my first... Um, taking my first cut through the crown and it's, I just cropped it, you know, and <laughs> I, I, I didn't really. Sounds like a Dorothy Hamill. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Oh, it was so bad. You gave her the shag and, before the shag was back. <laughs> yeah, but her hair was too long to even connect. It, you know what I mean? Oh, so no. she ended up having this like really cropped crown and like everything was so thin and stringy and kind of see-through. And that's um, her, I mean, that's just craft hairdressing. That's all I know. <laughs> that's just that would have been very popular nowadays (laughs) nowadays everything's on purpose so it's hard to tell that's hilarious you have one more i have so many more you guys give us one more we have about five more minutes left so um i think like for like a lot of a lot of them too are like how like I'm like, oh my god, why did I say that? It's more like putting my foot in my mouth sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So like, welcome to my life. <laughs> I have, I'll have clients like you know I had this one client that I've been doing for years, and it's like so so specific, the same thing every time, and I and I must be nailing it for her to keep coming back. And <laughs> she, she was giving me a hard time with the bangs, as you know she always does. And I'm like, you know, I know where I know where you want it, and so I do it. And it was just so much fuss with it. And I just couldn't take it. And so I just gave her my scissors and walked away. Like I was just oh, <laughs> that's like a mic drop. So there's, there's a lot of those moments um, that that's my hilarious. people who have worked with me, like assistants that are like, what? Like, it's just so socially it's, uncomfortable for well, them. Well, what's too. funny is like, uh, you, from what we know of you, at least how I see you, is you're very gentle and soft-spoken and easygoing. So to hear that, I'm like, what? No, I'm not. I'm... I'm those things, but I'm also not chill at all. I'm so intense because I'm so specific to my my goals or my details or whatever. So like if That's something hilarious. disrupts it, it, it's very disruptive. But I would say that I'm very patient. Yeah. Not, not chill at all unless <laughs> unless it's my flow, but very patient to to help, you know, get to it. That's I love that. That's funny. Oh, I don't think yeah. I've so ever cool. handed someone the shears because I'd be afraid they'd try to stab me. You have ripped capes off of people back in the day, but, but that was for... Nice. You know, <clears throat> but... For many well, different reasons. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Garrett, for coming and being on our podcast, you know. We've, this Garrett, is a long time coming. Did we were, you like we were trying to get... Uh, I love hanging out with you, but you know, honestly, I always thought when I would be able to do it that we'd just be drinking the whole time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've been trying to get you in person for the past year, but like we couldn't get our schedules right. So you live very I'm far away. Sure, from us. Uh, secretly, and we can't announce anything, but I think we're we're putting together a little something in October. So we'll definitely oh, have to do this again yeah. and drink. So um, I would love. That. We also we'll, thought, we'll we've up. also thought about doing an after hours podcast where we turn the mm. the mic just stays on and then you add the alcohol. Yeah. You know? And then it just an extension that's, of the podcast. That's the real so. that's the real tea that we're looking Everybody at. Everybody that listens is like, <laughs> when is that happening? We should have we, we should do that now. Like happy hour with just where the hairdresser. I love that. Yeah. I mean let's do that tonight. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> we're all having like, happy I need hour. a drink. 
I, yesterday, my son Ellis, I was making uh, Negronis for Hillary and I. Mm-hmm. Why she was making Very dinner. Because nice. we, we have like a nice setup, you know, when that was like a big deal and you would buy like the bar stuff. And um, my kid has no idea of what alcohol is and why he can't have it. So <laughs> we like kind of make it fun for him. So like we, he made his cocktail last night, which was <laughs> oh, his, that's so his own wine glass. He he got the jigger that he poured his soda water into, <laughs> and then he got that. to put a little the big ice Garnish. cube with an uh, lemon that's twist. So yeah. cute. But, I love that. Well, Setting so him up cute. for future alcoholism. It's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good. Idea. I'm it's, taking notes. I'm like, I'm gonna do that with my kid. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, the goal he, is to actually get him to make it for you. That yes. would be. I know. That would be the I goal. <laughs> Very that's, cool. a, that's well, the best story. That was the best. That was the funniest story. <laughs> 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 that was oh the whole podcast gosh. right there. Mm-hmm. Well, all thank right, you well, for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah. My that's pleasure. Thank you all for what you're doing and helping people achieve and accomplish goals. It's so needed. Uh, yeah, we're exhausted by thank it, you. it's fine. <laughs> it's the highlight of my life. <laughs> Max, right, what did we'll you think? To, yeah, let's bring Max back. Hey. Hey Max. hey, Max. Max is like the creeper in the corner just listening to us. And like Max, yeah. Max what, do you, what, do, what do you think about, like, what do you do while we're talking? Do you um, listen or are you like reading a book? No, I'm, I'm listening to make sure it all sounds good. But also, uh, there's a lot of humor. So, like, I, I enjoy it. Do you LOL? Um, I do, yeah. <laughs> and then I make sure that I'm on mute because it'd be really embarrassing if there's just that's like, hilarious. laughter in the background. I'm glad that's we're entertaining hilarious. and making your job uh, What did you learn today? <laughs> what did you um, learn today from our podcast? Well, I learned what Garrett does. But yes. <laughs> it's just interesting to hear how just every industry is reshaping the way that they like prepare because there's no way that yeah. we know when we're going to be back to our previous work schedule. Right. Yeah. So, and like each week, everyone's kind of been realizing more and more that we need some like very serious changes. Yeah. And Well, I just can't wait to see everyone from here down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> can't wait to see your pants. <laughs> We're not wearing any. <laughs> no one's wearing any pants. Let's just be honest about it. That should be the new normal. Just fuck pants. No pants. Like, we don't need no pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank it. you. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you, Max. And we'll see everyone very soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks. (laughs) Bye.